Hello, my name is Jordan Tardo, and I'm the lead pastor at Experience Church. I'd like to take a moment and just say thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast today. I hope this message blesses you. I hope it encourages you. I hope it strengthens you for what God has called you to today. Awesome, awesome. Hey, let us open up in a word of prayer. How about that? Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, we thank you so much for this day, Lord. We thank you uh, for just being in our midst today, Lord. We ask, oh God, that you have your way. Let your word, Lord God, fall on good grounds today in the hearts of the men and women here, Lord. We honor you. We adore you. We worship you this morning in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Come on, give him praise. Hey, just want to reiterate what um, uh, Meredith and... um, Destiny talked about on stage about the watch party for the men. Hey, she didn't hype it up. She didn't hype it up right. Come on, this is the FSU Miami watch party. We are going to hang out. Huh? I I mean, we may start playing football ourselves. Let's go. Let's go. So excited about that. Hey, make sure y'all register online. That way we can get a, a good count of how many guys will be there, and we can better prepare for that. So excited for this word today. I have a word that God has placed on my heart titled, Failure is Not Final. Failure is Not Final. God has really been uh, dealing with me on two things. One is failure, but also just about the love of God. And a lot of times we hear about the love of God. We hear that you know, God love us. I mean, our kids can quote it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We, we, we know the scripture. We've heard about the love of God. But, but God has been putting in my heart that we need to experience the love of God. To experience the love of God, to allow the love of God to really be a part of our lives, to, to, to walk in that love, to live in that love, to, to surrender to that love of Jesus, the love of God. He loved us so much. So let's, ex- let's start to begin to experience the love of God in our lives, not just hear about God loving us. Amen? Failure is not final. Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22 and this is um, Jesus talking to Peter. Um, they just ended up, have, they're, they're sitting at the table, had the Lord's Supper, and um, the Lord just told them that one of them will be, betray him. And um, they all began to talk about who's the greatest. Here is Jesus telling them that someone is about to betray him this night, and they're arguing with each other about who's the greatest uh, in the kingdom. And then he began, he called Peter out. He called Peter out. He says in Luke 22, 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. And when you are converted, strengthen your brethren. And he said unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with you both into prison and to death. And he said, I tell you, Peter, the cock should not crow this day before that thou should three times deny that thou even knowest me. The Lord 
kind of gave Peter a heads up. Like, this is his, his partner, his homeboy, his friend. He's like, hey, Peter, I just want to let you know that Satan desires to have you. He want to sift your life. He want to take your life. He want to juggle your life, shake it up, get it all discombobulated, and just throw you away. And um, Peter said, we're going to have to do something with this thing here. Sorry, y'all. And Peter said, Lord, you have the wrong person. Don't you know who I am? I am Peter, the rock. You gave me this name. I would never deny you. I would never turn my back on you, Lord. I'm willing to go to prison and to death for you. The Lord said, Peter, I like, your, I like you know, that you want to be by my side, but um, yeah, let's switch this thing. Testing. There we go. There we go. Hey, see, the devil will not get the victory. Won't be no failure today, okay? Huh? This mic is even louder. <laughs> so, so here it is. Here's the Lord saying, Peter saying, Lord, I would never deny you. And the Lord said, Peter, yes, you are going to deny me three times. And um, I, I love how God gave him the heads up. He said, Satan hath desired Peter, to have you. Like a piece of steak, he's desired to have you. He want to take your life and destroy your life. And I'm here to tell you today that that's the same thing he wants for us. The, the enemy wanted to, to destroy your life. The Bible says that Satan came to steal, kill, and destroy. He want to take your life and destroy your life. The Bible also says that the devil... As a rowing lion, he walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Like he want to devour your life up. He want to destroy your marriage, destroy your career, destroy your education, destroy your family. His sole purpose is to destroy. And Jesus was warning Peter that Satan would like to sift you. But, but the Bible says, Jesus said that, but I have prayed for you, Peter. I've prayed for you. Jesus praying for you is not like your grandmother's prayer. I mean, this is Jesus. This is the, the Lord and Savior himself saying, I'm going to pray for you. And God always hears his prayer. And I'm, I'm like, Peter, if I was Peter, I would be like, Lord, well, you, you're praying that my faith faileth not. I got a whole lot of other stuff you could be praying for. Instead of my faith, like pray that my finances, my fun, I don't fail financial, pray that my marriage don't fail, pray that my health don't fail, pray that my relationships don't fail, pray that my career don't fail. But Jesus said, I pray that your faith doesn't fail. Because in your failure, you are going to need your faith. In your failure, you will need your faith. Let's look at Peter's failure in Luke chapter 22. The Bible says in Luke 22, 54, Then took they him and led him and brought him into the high priest's house, and Peter followed afar off. And when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the hall and were set down together, Peter sat down among them. But a certain maid beheld him 
as he sat by the fire and earnestly looked upon him and said, this man was also with him. And he denied him, saying, woman, I, I know him not. And after a little while, another saw him and said, you are also of them. And Peter said, man, I, I am not. And about the space of one hour, after another confidently affirmed, saying of a truth, this fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. And Peter said, man, I know not what thou sayest. And another version says that Peter began to curse. And immediately while he yet spake, the cock crew. And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord. And he said unto him, that he said unto him, before the cock crow, you should deny me three times. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. He wept bitterly. I, I believe that there's three things that led up to Peter's failure in this event. And the first thing I believe is that Peter thought too highly of himself. He thought too highly of himself. He said, Lord, I, I'm, I'm, I'm Peter the rock. What do you mean that I would deny you? I would never deny you. Like, I've been with you for three years now. I've seen all the miracles you've done. I would never turn my back on you. Maybe these guys, but not me, the rock, Peter. Say, I'm willing to go to prison and to death for you. And oftentimes, we can think too highly of ourselves and think that, that, that we can't fall. Anybody can fail. A lot of times we, we, we get so high-minded and think we've arrived. Like I'm so spiritual, spiritually strong to where failure doesn't apply to me. See, I don't have to study the test because I'm too smart. I can just go in there and I can pass the test without studying the test. And then we find ourselves failing the test. Because we got too high-minded and, and thought too much of ourselves. I don't need marriage count. I've seen enough movies. I, I watched enough YouTube videos. I don't need it. And we find ourselves failing in our marriage. We cannot get too high-minded to where we think we're too strong and we can't fall. I love the way 1 Corinthians 10 and 12 says it. Paul says, if you think you are standing strong, be careful not to fall. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. A lot of people have failed some of the same temptations that you're going through. They failed in the temptation because they thought they was bigger than the temptation. And God is faithful. He would not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. Yeah, there is a way out, but oftentimes we think so highly of ourselves, we cannot find the way out because we're not looking for his way out. We're thinking that we're strong enough and we're 
finding ourselves going our own route and we find ourselves in failure. I also think Peter, second thing that led to Peter's failure is that Peter just followed from afar off, the Bible says. It said that when they arrested Jesus, that Peter followed from afar off. Peter, the one that forsook everything to follow Jesus, the one that was side by side with Jesus for three years, now find himself following Jesus from afar off. I'm here to tell you, when you follow Jesus from afar off, failure is knocking at your door. Maybe that's you here today. Maybe you had a place in your life where I used to be side by side with Jesus. I used to, you know, be on fire for Jesus. And now I find myself getting farther and farther away from Jesus. Farther and farther away from the things of God. There's a distance between me and the Lord now. I'm not as, as close as I used to be with him. I don't read as much as I used to read. I don't even pray as much as I used to pray. I don't fellowship anymore. And that relationship has gotten farther and farther away. I love the way it reads in Romans chapter 12. It says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, your ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embrace what God does for you. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can ever do it. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it, unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. God brings the best out of you develops well-formed maturity in you. We cannot continue to survive if we follow Jesus from afar off. Like, we don't even want to be identified with him, you know, when we're afar off from him. We don't want our circle to know that we are believers. Even on my job, they don't even know that I, I, I'm a Christian because I don't want them to identify me as one of them. Because now I'm following Jesus from afar off. I don't want them to think that, that, that you know, um, uh, I'm a Christian and, you know, I, I don't understand. And, and because of that, we find ourselves saying the things they're doing in our circle is okay. The, 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 the lifestyle they're living is okay. The things they're saying, it's okay. Because... I'm far off from Jesus. Where before, when I was walking with Jesus, I would never go for those things. I would never tolerate being amongst that stuff in my life. But now, because we are no longer connected like we used to be, 
we allow things to happen in our lives. The Bible says that he wants to fix us from the inside out. Let us not be changed from the outside in and allow the world and the culture around us to change us from being the men and women of God that he's called us to be. Because if we do, failure will happen. I also think another thing that led to Peter's failure is that Peter sat down amongst them. It said that he sat down amongst the very people that was willing to crucify Jesus, that was talking about Jesus, the, the, the unbelievers. And when you find yourself in the circle of unbelievers, people who really don't believe the word of God and, and people who are living in sin, failure is evident in your life. It's knocking at your door. I love the way the scripture read in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 14. It says, don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will live in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from among unbelievers and separate yourselves from them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy things and I will welcome you and I will be your father and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. I'm not saying that you don't love unbelievers. That's not what I'm saying. Hear my heart. Love them. Yes, we love them. But we don't live in, uh, according to their standards. We can't allow ourselves to receive ungodly counsel from people who are unbelievers. People that are telling me to live a life of sin and do things outside of the word of God. We have to separate ourselves. Separate yourselves from people who tell you now that you're 21, you can go and get drunk. Separate yourself from that. That's a lie of the enemy. If I never go and get drunk, I would never become an alcoholic. Separate yourself from people who tell you it's okay to go ahead and lose your purity because you're at an age now, or maybe you're not at the age. Don't allow the enemy to plant seeds in your life, ungodly counsel from people who are unbelievers. Yes, we love you. Love them. But don't allow them to cause you to stumble in your walk with Christ. To fail means to fall short. To be perceived as weak, to break down, to fail not to reach your purpose, to lack success. We've all been there. We've all failed. The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We all have missed the mark. I've missed it. I'll be the first one to say I've missed it. I, I understand failure. I've failed in every area in my life, every area you can even think of. 
Rather, it's addiction and sin and, you know, drunkenness, whatever you want to say. I've, I've been there. I understand failure, and I know how it feels to live as a failure, to walk in failure mode because I failed. And that's where the enemy want us at. He want us to get to a place to where we walk in failure mode. Failures like marriage. Or you, maybe you made a, a bad grade on your, on, your, on, on your report card and you feel like a failure. Or maybe it's a job that you didn't get, that you applied for, and you feel as a failure. Or you didn't finish school, or you didn't get your degree, and you feel as a, like you're a failure. Or you didn't make the team. Maybe it's because uh, you feel like you're a failure because you're not a good parent. And you feel like... I'm a failure because I, I'm not spending enough time with my kids. Maybe you feel as if you're a failure because you, you, you're addicted to something and you've been trying to overcome the addiction for, for a long time now. And you just can't overcome it. You keep, keep on doing the same thing over and over and you feel like a failure. And now you're living in failure mode. You say, I might as well just continue to do it. I might as well give up because I am a failure. I want to let you know today that you're not defined by your failure. I say that you're not defined by your failure. Don't allow your failure to make you feel as if you are a failure because you are not a failure. I love the way Jesus talked about the parable of the lost sheep, how he had a hundred sheep, one went astray, 99 did not. He went after the one lost sheep, the one that missed it, the one that failed, the one that strayed away because he loved it. I love the story of the prodigal son and how the prodigal son took his inheritance from his father. And the Bible says he went out and he spent all that he had. He had financial failures, spiritual failure, moral failures. But he said, if I go back to my father, he will receive me. And he went back to his father and his father welcomed him with open arms. Because God loves you even in the midst of your failures. The Bible says that God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet failures, he died for us. Christ loves you even in the midst of your failure. Failure is just an opportunity for fear. It's an opportunity for you to walk in fear. It's an opportunity for the enemy to cripple you with fear and stop you from stepping out on the things that God has for your life. Because when, I'm, when, I, when, I, when I fear failure, now I doubt God and the power of God. That's why Jesus said, I pray that your faith faileth not. Yes, you may fail, but I don't want your faith to fail in the midst of the thing that you're going through. Fear causes doubt in your life and it causes you, it cripples you from moving forward. So a lot of us are afraid to apply for the position 
because we failed so many times and we've been rejected so many times, so we are afraid. We're afraid to go into another relationship because we've been dropped so hard in the last relationship. Or we're afraid of marriage. I don't don't want to marry again because because I've been married twice and, and nothing ever goes right in my marriage. It's kind of like the woman at the, at the well. Jesus came and, and said she, she's been married five times, and the one that she was with was not her husband because she said, I failed five times already. I might as well just not go back into that again. I might as well shack up because marriage never seems to work out, and fear is crippling you. I love the way Isaiah 41 and 10 reads. He says, fear thou not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed. Don't be terrified, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yea, I will help you. Yea, I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. For I, verse 13, I, the Lord thy God, will hold your right hand, saying unto you, fear not, I will help you. This is the God of the universe, the God that has all power, is telling us to fear not. I love the way he say, I will hold your hand. It's like a child that's afraid to get in the water or afraid of the dark. And when you hold their hand, they they begin to get more uh, bold and they're willing to step out because you are holding their hand. God is saying, I'll hold your hand. I will hold your hand and I will walk you through the thing that you are afraid of. I will walk you through the failures in your life. Fear not. God say, I will hold your hand. I love the way it says in verse, in Psalms 23 and 4, David says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Because thou art with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Don't allow past failures to keep you from future promises that God has for your life. Failure is also just an opportunity to reach out to Jesus. It's an opportunity to reach out to Jesus. I love the way uh, Matthew chapter 14 and verse 24 reads. And this is Jesus Uh, Walking on the water, you know the story. It says, but the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with the waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is the spirit, and they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spoke unto them, saying, be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, well, if it's you, then bid me to come out to thee on the water. And he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water. He had success of walking on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and he began to sink, began to fail and cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou a little faith, wherefore did you doubt? 
And when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased, and they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. Failure is just an opportunity to say help. To say help. Some of us just need to say, God, help me. Or say it to somebody else, help me in the thing that I'm failing in. Help me with my struggles. It's just an opportunity to cry out. I love the way Jesus just stretched his hand out and pulled him out, but he cried out, Lord, save me. Use your failures as an opportunity to cry out to Jesus and say, Lord, help me make it through this. I love Mark chapter 10 in verse 46. It says, and they came to Jericho. And as he went out, of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people. Blind Barnabas, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side and he was begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace, but he cried the more a great deal, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called and they called the blind man saying unto him be of good comfort rise he called for you and he casting away his garment rose and came to Jesus and Jesus answered him and said unto him what will you have me to do the blind man said unto him Lord that I might receive my sight and Jesus said unto him go your way your faith hath made you whole, and immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus. Immediately. But he would have never received victory if he would have never cried out. The Bible said he cried out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Help me. And some of us are walking through some stuff where we just need to say, help me. Spiritual leaders, help me. Mom, dad, help me. Friend, help me. Somebody help me to walk through this so I don't have to walk through it on my own. Jesus asked him, what would you have me to do? He said, I just want you to help me with the thing that I've been failing that's been failing me all my life. Just help me to see. The blind man said, I just, I want you to help me with the thing that's been failing me. Help me with my failures. Help me to see. If he asks you today, if Jesus asks you, what would you have me to do? What would you say? What is it that you're failing in that you need the Lord to help you with? You can tell him that later, that you talk with Jesus on your own. Because we all fail. We all fall. So I'm telling you, failure has happened to everybody. I mean, I'm failing to lose weight right now. That wasn't funny. I mean, I'm failing to lose weight. I need help losing weight. I just realized I like to eat. I need to lose 20 pounds. I got about 30 more to go. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. 
But failure is also an opportunity for growth, y'all. It's an opportunity for growth. It's an opportunity to, for us to, you know, learn from our mistakes. It's an opportunity for us to say, how did my marriage fail the first time? Why is my marriage struggling and failing now? Why am I in a financial hole? How, how did I get here? It's just an opportunity for us to look at our mistakes and say, how can I get better? How can I overcome it? How can I not repeat it? It's an opportunity for growth. I love the way Jesus says in Luke twenty-two thirty-two. he says to Peter, Peter, when thou art converted, strengthen your brethren. The very thing the very thing that you're going to fail in is going to be an opportunity for you to help somebody else. Your failures, your mistakes that you've walked through, it's an opportunity for you to help someone else. So learn from your mistakes so that when you meet someone who's going through the same thing, they can talk to you and you can minister to them. You can pour into their lives. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness, in failures. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, Paul says, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and in reproaches and necessities, and persecutions, and distress for Christ's sake. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Even in the midst of my failures, there's strength that comes from God alone. I love the way it says it in 1 John chapter 2. He says, my little children, these things write out unto you. That you see and not. This is the standard for all of us. That we sin not. That we do not fail. God does not want us to have failure in our lives. He said, but if any man fail, if any man sins, if any man miss the mark, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the world. The standard is that you fail not. But the grace is that you have a Savior in Jesus Christ. For when you fail, you can go to him and say, Lord, help me in the midst of my failures. Help me, Lord. Forgive me for my failures. Lord, give me strength to overcome my faith, you have a, someone who's standing in the gap for you, someone that loves you, even in the midst of your failures, because we all have missed the mark. I love what Mark 16 and 5 says as I close. Mark chapter 16, verse 5 says, when they entered the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in white robes sitting on the right side. The women were shocked. But the angel said, don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, 
who was crucified. He isn't here. He's risen from the dead. Come on, let's take about five seconds and give God praise for rising from the dead. Give God praise that even in death, it wasn't a failure. It was for our success. His death was not a failure. His death was for our success. He isn't there. He isn't here. He has risen from the dead. Look, this is where they laid his body. Now go and tell his disciples, including Peter, including the one that denied me, including the one that turned his back on me, including the one that said he would never betray me, Peter, the failure. Don't just tell all the other disciples, bring Peter with you too, because Peter's failure does not exclude him from being a disciple. And your failures today, I'm here to tell you, your failure does not exclude you from being a son and daughter of God. Your failures is just an opportunity for God to show you how much he loves you, how much he want to restore you, how much he want to forgive you. Say, tell the disciples in Peter. Tell the disciples in the one that's living in sin. Even that one that's committing fornication. Even that one that's addicted to porn. Even the one that's addicted to drugs. Even the one that's having that affair. Tell them. Failure is an opportunity to be restored to the love of God. Your failure, your failure does not exclude you. Your self-esteem, your, your self-worth, your identity is not tied up in whether you fail or have success. It's because of the blood of Jesus Christ and who you are in him. The last thing the Lord said to Peter in John 21 and 15, he said, so when they had dined, this is after Jesus had risen, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, yes, Lord, thou knowest that I love you. He saith unto him, feed my lamb. He saith unto him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, yes, Lord, thou knowest that I love you. He saith unto him, feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he had said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, you knoweth all things. Thou knowest that I love you. You know I failed. You know I sinned, but you know my heart. You know that I love you. Jesus saith unto him, feed my sheep. Three times he denied him. Three times Jesus came back and asked him. 
I think Jesus wanted Peter to know that even in your failure, I love you. Even in your failure, Peter, I still have purpose for your life. I still have a plan for your life. Even in our failures, God is saying, I love you. And I have a plan and purpose for your life. And failure is not final. I got a couple quotes I want to read to you real quick of men who failed, who have now became successful. It says, I didn't see it then. But it turned out that getting fired from Apple was the best thing that could ever happen to me. Steve Jobs. It's fine to celebrate success, but it is more important to heed the lessons of failure. Bill Gates. Success is failure in progress. Albert Einstein. My great concern is not whether you have failed, but whether you are content with your failure. Abraham Lincoln. I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot and missed. I failed over and over and over again in my life. And that is why I succeed, Michael Jordan. It is better to be a follower who fails than to be one that fails to follow. The best decision you will ever make is to follow Jesus Christ. The worst failure that you will ever experience it's not to follow Jesus. The worst failure you would ever experience is not to follow Jesus. Let us bow our heads.